Good morning, good afternoon, good night, whatever time it is that you're listening, man. I'm glad you're here as we continue our study in Ephesians. We're in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18 and 19 today. So if you haven't checked that out, man, go ahead and read it and then um, stop the tape, read it, check it out, see what it has to say, come back and we'll answer the four questions. If you have already read it, well, let's get on started, man. What's Paul got to say here? In 18 and 19, he says, don't be drunk with wine for that is worthlessness or debauchery or dissipation. He says, but be filled with the spirit. Then he says, speaking to one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with the heart to the Lord. So this is pretty good right here. This is pretty good. Yeah, so what's Paul saying? He's comparing being filled with the Spirit with being drunk with wine. And I think two things are important for us to see. First off is that he's talking about throwing off the old life. He says, live as people who are wise, knowing what the will of the Lord is. And so what the will of the Lord is, is not living or walking like the Gentiles do in their foolish ways. And so he spoke about that earlier. I was talking to a buddy uh, today about Ephesians, and he says there's five things in this chapter about how we should walk. Paul talks about how we should walk. And one of those five things was don't walk as the Gentiles do. And he says, but the one we talked about last week was uh, walk as wise and not as unwise. And so when he's talking about what the Gentiles do in comparison to what we as people who are identified as Christ, identified as the body of Christ, as Christians. He says, we're not carousing at these parties like they do, being drunk with wine. When they're full of this wine, they begin to do things that are unseemly, shameful, and hidden. He says, but Paul wants us to be different. He says he wants us to be filled with the Spirit. And so for the first thing, I was talking about two different things I could see that comes from this. Is the first thing is that in the Gentile way of walking, carousing and partying and orgies and all these things happen in the fullness of drunkness. When people are full of that drink, full of that liquor. Well, but Paul wants us to have a different kind of party. When I was in college, I used to throw a lot of Jesus parties. I'd cook a lot of food, uh, hang out with a bunch of folks and play a bunch of loud music that was just... You know, good old Jesus music, man, to have people hanging out just to give people like a way to express themselves and have fun that was outside of the way that the world was uh, kind of moving at that time. And so I think this is what Paul is saying in the realm of the church is that, man, we need to have fun together. We need to party together. It ain't it ain't the way the Gentiles party. It ain't in carousingness and stuff like that and orgies and and uh, uh, impurity and sexual immorality. No, man, what we do is that we sing songs. It says that we sing hymns. We sing spiritual songs together, man. Together, we worship the king. And what more fun could there be than that? We get filled with the spirit. They get filled with drunkenness. We get filled with the spirit, man. What they're doing is worthless, what we're doing is full of worth and honor. So I think that's one of the first things that Paul's talking about. He's contrasting the lifestyle of Gentiles as compared to the lifestyle of those who are called by the name of Christ. And then secondly, I think he's also talking about the way that alcohol uh, takes over the body. 
you see, with alcohol, you begin to do things and act ways that are not um, common whenever you're sober. Now, sometimes alcohol actually just brings out the monster in people. They call it liquid courage. But in the same way, that is what the spirit does, except it is positive attributes. In Galatians, it talks about the fruit of the spirit. And when we are filled, that is what is an outpouring of it. So I think it's important for us to be ruled and controlled by the power of the spirit as he indwells us. Now, what's really cool about the Greek is that uh, it's hard to understand. And why I say that's really cool is because there are different ways in which you can take um, the words that are coming after being filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, they're called participles. And participles have different roles that they can play. And sometimes they're ambiguous. And uh, people uh, can agree or disagree to how they're being used here. But I think a powerful way that uh, we can understand the use of these participles is that they are being subordinated, which means that they are playing a role in understanding how uh, we are filled with the Spirit. And so what it means to me is that this is like, it's called a participle of means. And so what this means to me is that how do we get filled with the spirit? Well, that says that we praise God. <laughs> That's the powerful thing about it, man. If you want to be filled with the spirit of God, if, if, if you don't want to be drunk with wine, but be filled with the spirit, then begin to praise God. And it's not just praising God alone which is still, you know, that's how you can be filled with the Spirit, but it's praising God as the body of Christ. If you want to be filled with the Spirit, if you want to see the Spirit just indwell in you in a powerful and a wonderful way, praise God with one another. Let us praise God together, man. And this is something that's common in the Old Testament is that the, the glory of God fills the temple. When they worship, the glory of God fills the temple. I remember reading a passage where it says that, that uh, when they began to praise and worship and sing songs, that the glory of God filled the temple in such a way that they couldn't even go in there because his presence was so manifested. Man, that's powerful. And I think it, it correlates uh, um, magically or beautifully with what Paul is talking about. He's, he's a way, he has a way with words and a way of thoughts and, and put them together because he talks about the church being the building or the dwelling place of God, the building, the dwelling place of the spirit. Each one of us have been given the power of the Holy Spirit, but it's together as one body, because remember our identity is, is as a group, as the body of Christ, the church. And so as we sing these songs, as we praise our God and we do it with our heart, the fullness of our heart, not just the emotional part, but the intellectual part, the seed of our being. That's what it means when it says uh, to the heart. When we do that, man, God comes and dwells. Not that he's not already here. Of course, we know that. But the Shekinah glory is made more manifested in us. It begins to fill us and move us. And that's a powerful thing. So what's this saying about God? Well, God desires to fill us in our worship. He wants to be present among us. That's God's desire. What's to say about man is that the way we can manifest or bring about the presence of God in our lives is to bring true, authentic worship. To truly desire for God to be here. That's what it's about. 
I think something else is important that I, I forgot to mention is that the differences of it says psalms and and, and hymns and, and spiritual songs. And so I think this is a mixture of different ways or different cultures and how they are praising God. And the psalm part is is Jewish in nature. That uh, I've, I've read that that Gentile literature doesn't speak much about psalms. That it is uh, uh, a Jewish idea of the psalms, and those are melodies. And then the um, the um, hymns. Are, are spoken a little bit about Jewish people, but mostly are Greek and, and Greco-Roman culture. And so hymns are the, the ways that the, the Greco-Romans express their hearts to the gods. And then finally, spiritual songs are, are a mixture of both. And so when Paul is saying this, he could be just using a bunch of different terms, but I believe that this is significant. What Paul is saying is that we as a people have become one. And so we take from A, the Jews, the Jewish people, and B, the Greco-Roman or Gentile people. And we bring them together. We worship and we praise together in all of these forms. And I think it has significance now. It's because the multicultural church that we have is multi-generational. It's, it's different um, perspectives on the idea of worship and as a body, it says that we have broken down that wall of hostility and we have become one man. That means we worship as one people, one unity. And we talked about the diversity that unity is. It's not that we're the same, but we're different. And in those differences, we come together, humbling ourselves, submitting ourselves to one another so that we might look like Christ. And that may be in the way we worship. That may be in the way we worship. And so I, I bring this up because that's what I want to apply. First off, I, I want to apply that we worship together. First off, we just sing praises to God. Be filled with his spirit, man. Have the power of God within you. But I also want to bring to bear the fact that there are different styles of worship that people worship. And we must embrace those. As long as they're edifying, they're glorifying their spiritual songs, songs that seek to bring glory to God, that seek to honor his word and seek to help develop the body of Christ to be more like him. As long as they do those things, then we should emphatically worship and honor it together. So today for application, man, if, if uh, uh, try something new, listen to a different uh, listen to a rap song if you ain't listen to rap. Listen to a country song if you don't listen to country. Uh, whatever is bringing glory to God through a lifting up of his name. Check it out. All right, man. I'll see y'all guys in the next episode.